How hard is it for black people to succeed in America? Is it that when black person succeeds, they're the exception? Or it's now the norm for black people to succeed in America. Um, the past couple of weeks, we've seen Senator Tim Scott and Barack Obama be at loggerheads on what it means to be a black person and to succeed in America. Only way for a young African-American kid to be successful in this country is to be the exception and not the rule. That is a dangerous, offensive, disgusting message to send to our young people today that the only way to succeed is by being the exception. I will tell you that if my life is the exception, uh, I can't imagine. But, but I can't. But it is. But it's not actually. Here's here's. It's been here's 114 my, years. Yeah. So so the fact of the matter is we've had an African American president, African American uh, vice president. We've had two African Americans to be secretaries of the state. Uh, in my home city, uh, the police chief is an African American who's now running for mayor. If somebody's not proposing, not both acknowledging and proposing elements that say. No, we can't just ignore all that and pretend as if everything's equal and fair. We actually have to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. If they're not doing that, then I think people are rightly skeptical. Well, hello, guys. How are you doing? Welcome to another episode of Walk Conversations. My name is Indira Ganga. I am a business journalist by profession and a digital content creator. And I love coming on here and having a conversation with you guys on black people, Africa, our empowerment, how we can rise up and take our rightful place at the global stage. The past couple of weeks have been very controversial because Republican um, presidential candidate, Senator Tim Scott was on The View. And, you know, Sunny Holstein, who is a very vocal um, presenter and is always very keen to raise issues about black people, whether you agree with her means or not, was at eat with the Senator. And, you know, she raised a couple of issues that were very pertinent. And she was like, do you think that you succeeding in America is an exception? Because we live in a system that there are few black people that are successful, but many black people are still struggling. You know, the system is almost like built against black people and Senator the senator was not having it he was like it's not an exception america has made strides over the years and it would be unfair to look over the growth and the progress that the country has made in favor of black people just because they're still struggling one does not cancel out the other yes it's true that we have a long way to go but can we also acknowledge how far black people have come in america on the show is because of the comments that were made, frankly, on this show, that the only way for a young African-American kid to be successful in this country is to be the exception and not the rule. That is a dangerous, offensive, disgusting message to send to our young people today, that the only way to succeed is by being the exception. I will tell you that if my life is the exception, uh, I can't imagine. But, but, I can't but it is. But it's not, actually. Here's, here's, it's been here's 114 my, years. Yeah, so, so the fact of the matter is we've had an African-American president, African-American uh, vice president. We've had two African-Americans to be secretaries of the state. Uh, in my home city, uh, the police chief is an African-American who's now running for mayor. The head of the Highway Patrol for South Carolina is an African-American. Still exceptions. In, 19, in 1975, um, there was about 15% employment in the African-American community for the first time in the history of the country. It's under 5%. 40% higher. 
homelessness and 50 of, of African-Americans of the folks get, in our community get 13 percent of the population. You have to ask the question. I know that I've watched you on the show that you like people to be deferential and respectful, so I'm going to do the that same thing. That is true. So here's what I'm going to suggest. I'm going to suggest that the fact of the matter is that progress in America is palpable. It can be measured in generations. I look back at the fact that my grandfather, born in 1921 in Sally, South Carolina, when he was on a, on a sidewalk, a white person was coming, he had to step off and not make eye contact. That man believed then, with some doubt now, in the goodness of America, because he believed that having faith in God, mm -hmm. faith in himself, and faith in what the future could hold for his kids, would unleash opportunities in ways that you, you cannot imagine. Every kid today can look, just change the stations and see how much progress has been made in this country. ABC, NBC, CBS, ESPN, CNN, Fox News all have African-American and Hispanic hosts. So what I'm suggesting is that the yesterday's exception is today's rule. And for us to so suggest... So America has met its promise. No, of course, the, the concept of America is that we are going to become a more perfect union. But in fact, the challenges that we face 50 years ago and 60 years ago should not be the same challenges that we face today. And here's the way that you, you measure that. When my mother was born, about 10% of African Americans got a high school degree, wow. diploma. Today, it's over 90%. When you look at the income, when you look at the income success that That's we've had... That's HBCU stat. Well, listen, HBCU stat is a good okay. one because one of the reasons <laughs> why I took the funding for HBCUs to the highest level in the history of the country and then I helped make it permanent is because I believe that education is the closest thing to magic in America. So I'm about making sure that our kids have as many opportunities to succeed as possible. It's one of the reasons why... I need I an opportunity to well, succeed because I have to go to... Br oh, they're begging. We have more time, though. They're begging. They're, <laughs> we are coming. I'm, I'm just getting started. I, know. I believe all well, former President Barack Obama was not having it with the senator. He called out that as hypocrisy and said, the system is a problem. The system has continuously held black people down. Um, yeah, there could be a few exceptions here and there. He was the president of America. He's a black man. But he is acknowledging that the system is problematic, that black people have continuously been held down by this system, that this is the very system that works very hard to reward two or three black people so that it looks like black people are doing well but in essence black people are actually not doing well because it's the very system that is perpetuating to push them forward that is actually holding them back in reality somebody's not proposing not both acknowledging and proposing elements that say no we can't just ignore all that and pretend as if everything's equal and fair we actually have to walk the walk and not just talk the talk if they're not doing that then i think people are rightly skeptical there may come a time where there's somebody in the republican party that is more serious about actually addressing some of the deep inequality that still exists in our society that tracks race and is a consequence of our racial history and and if that happens i think that would be fantastic i i haven't yet seen it that was the former president what president obama said was spot on there are issues that are are based in systemic issues um whether it be generational poverty whether it be life expectancy whether it be high school graduation rates, incarceration rates, yeah. there are all huge gaps between African-Americans and white Americans 
um, with that data. And it's a conversation that we all need to have and we can have. Um, in Georgia, I remember Republican Governor Nathan Deal pushed forward with very progressive uh, criminal justice reform. This was a Southern Republican governor. So it can be done. We just have to have the will and people, no matter their po party affiliation, needs mm -hmm. to know that it's good for the, the country as a whole. Well, different people have aired their views on the same matter. And um, the voices that are coming out of this are very interesting voices because I was just watching the news and there was this lady saying that black people have made strides. It might not be big strides. It might not be enough strides, but you have to acknowledge how far black people have come. And also she was cautioning against um, black people needing a black agenda vis-a-vis -vis the American agenda. It's like we want to be Americans, but we also want a black agenda in America. And she says, no, if we, if we say we are Americans, then we work with the American agenda. Here's what she had to say. Well, you know, I, I think we have to look at this from, from a different perspective, right? So as, as black conservatives, the misconception is that we don't understand these things, that we don't uh, understand that there are so many things that has happened in this country that has affected people of color, and particularly black people. But the thing about it is that we're still American. And I think what Tim Scott is really saying is that, yes, while we acknowledge that there's so many things that we have overcome and there's so many areas that we're still, you know, moving towards and still fighting in, we cannot ignore the fact that we have grown, that we have uh, established uh, some, some new precedents and that a lot of black Americans are doing well, that we are moving forward. We like to push the idea of making sure we understand that while I'm ethnically black, I'm still an American and I have to make sure that we are fighting for the same things and that we're looking at this American agenda as something that's beneficial to black America versus kind of sitting on it and saying that because we are black Americans that somehow we now need something separate or somehow we just don't, we, we can't win in this America when we can. Joel, I want you to re respond. Yeah, I have two thoughts on this. First, um, any day that Tim Scott can point and say, well, you know, this isn't true of everybody. It's true of just a very select few. Just the acknowledgement of that, wouldn't that do more to attract black voters to the party? Um, you know, personally, I don't know how much more acknowledgement is necessary. You know, I don't know uh, black conservatives who don't acknowledge that racism is something that is here, that it's it's not necessarily as uh, widespread as the Democratic Party would like to present it. But we're not saying that racism doesn't exist. We've never said it doesn't exist. We believe that it's a heart issue that can't be legislated through politics. However, that being said, that's why we focus on policy. We focus on policies that are going to benefit Black Americans and Americans as a whole. And I really think that whenever, and, and here, let me start here. Whenever I've had a conversation with people who have converted, so to speak, from the Democrat side to the Republican side, it didn't come because we confirmed or affirmed this notion that we're living under this oppression. It's because we've given them something that's liberating. We give them a message of freedom, a message that says that while they're telling you to be anti-capitalism, we're telling you that capitalism is the only system that has pulled people out of poverty. And while they're telling you that socialism is good, they can't confirm or show you where socialism has worked in any other country. So therefore, what we're saying is that we have an alternative to what you have been told. And if that you, if you look into what we're doing, you'll see that if we just subscribe to these principles, not people, but principles, that your life will change. And, and I've seen that happen over and over and over again as I speak with people. 
Well, it was very interesting because the gentleman that spoke right after her says one person making it in the system doesn't cancel out that 10,000 other people struggling in the system. You know, it's just that Democrats and Republicans are saying the same thing, but it's potato, potato, you know, um, Republicans will say we have an unemployment challenge in the country. Democrats will say black people are unemployed in the country and it's systematic racism. And then Republicans are having a problem processing what Democrats are saying because it's like you're saying the system is not making any effort to address the challenges that we have at hand. And it's like the system is working against you. And Democrats are saying that's exactly what we're saying. And so it's almost like two ideologies that are conflicting because of who is saying them. But the issue remains the same. As a, as, a, as a black American, as a black Democrat, I disagree with the premise that Tim Scott presented that his um, existence disproves the, uh, the existence of, uh, of this theory of, of American racism. I mean, look, I'm a black man. I went to an Ivy League university. I don't think that racism doesn't exist just because I've done well in my life and my career. And I think what President Obama is presenting is that perspective that just um, you know, kind of underscoring that you achieved, that I, Barack Obama, existed so that no other black folks are struggling is, is probably the frustration that's being reflected there. And I think what he's challenging a Tim Scott and a Nikki Haley to do is to present a real plan. And so, look, I think this is good old fashioned. This is what we want. This is not this is not your typical kind of mega politics. This is this is the politics from when I first started in politics 15 years ago, where you have people talking about the issues and talking about, do you have a plan? What's your plan look like? What does your plan look like going back and forth? I think uh, this is just good old fashioned Democrats versus Republicans arguing about how to support the people that they want to represent. Right, and Janelle. ...than what people deserve, uh, given the founding documents of this nation. And so, yes, I think what we end up having is mm. what I call a love language disconnect in our politics, which is that you have people saying the same thing differently. I, I think every Republican, including Senator Scott, would agree with the notion that there is generational neglect that occurs in minority communities. You look right here in New York City, $40 billion behind in public housing. You look right here in New York City, we have public schools today more segregated than the height of Jim Crow. Yeah. Republicans yes. call that a political systemic problem. I think Democrats call that a systemic racial problem. I think all of them are referring to the same mm -hmm. thing. And I think what Republicans have an issue with is the syntax around the phrase systemic racism, which has a connotation that America in and of itself is irredeemably racist. And I think that is what people push back upon, not on the actual reality that no one should be able to deny that racism is real, that we still have work to do. And I think there's a coalition of Americans across the political spectrum that can mm -hmm. coalesce around that point. Anyway, let me know what you think. Do you agree with the senator or do you agree with Barack Obama? Let me know what you think. Do you think that one person succeeding in a system or a couple of black people succeeding in the system um, cancels out the fact that the system is unfair to black people? Or do you just think that the system is unfair to black people and the few that make it out of the system are the exception and not the rule? Let me know what you think in the comment section. I'll see you again next time. My name is Ndiro Ganga.